Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome. We sure appreciate you joining us, sticking and staying with us here at WCCO. My goodness, um, it is amazing that back in April, um, April is recognized as the National Stress Awareness Month. I was so happy to read that we are doing this tonight because stress is a whole nother thing. Uh, and it's not ever changing necessarily, but we're going to find out from Dr. Daniel Kirsch. Now, why are we bringing this up in the middle of May? Because stress never takes a holiday whether it's at home, school, or work, whether it's personal, financial, or family-oriented, stress always has a place set at the dinner table. So how do we recognize all of this? Well, let's ask Dr. Daniel Kirsch uh, to discuss some of these, some of the answers to these questions. And he is the president of the American Institute of Stress. He's joining us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Let's jump right into this. When I think of stress and how we define it today, it seems to be different than it was yesterday. Do you agree? Uh, well, that, there is no great consensus on the definition of stress. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know. There's different. It depends if you're talking about acute stress, chronic stress, use stress, distress. There's different kinds of stress. Uh, the the stress hasn't changed. How we perceive it has changed, and how there does seem to be more it. of it. Yeah, how we okay. perceive it. It doesn't have to control us. We can control stress. We can control that's why, stress. That's why we exist at, at the American Institute of Stress. It was we were founded by Hans Selye, who is the professor who who spent a lifetime studying stress based on the observation that a lot of different diseases have the same symptoms. So stress mm. is not what most people think. It's really a matter of how we respond to change in the simplest definition. It's our, our reaction to change. We're, we're, we're programmed to protect ourselves, to be fearful. We're, we're both pred we can be predators, but we're prey, and we know that. Uh, subconsciously, even if it's not something we talk about, but we, we, we're programmed to protect ourselves all the way going back to cave people. Um, if there was a saber toothed tiger in the neighborhood, you had to run or fight it, right? That's, right. that's acute, that's acute stress. That should only last 90 minutes and then it's done. But, mm. 
if you keep having it, then you have chronic stress, and that's a whole other story. So the question for me, um, that. from what you've said, so forgive me for interrupting, um, I'm, I'm yeah. always amazed at how stress seems to land on each person differently. Now, this is my experience from talking to family members, friends, uh, dear friends who have had challenges with stress. It seems like it keeps coming. It never seems to be going. Why is it that some experience it so differently from others? Exactly. It's, stress is not something that happens to you. Stress is your reaction. So, so the same stressor would affect people differently. Uh, a classic example is uh, two people are waiting in line for a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And one of them is all excited uh, to, to enjoy the ride. And the other one is really thinking, oh, well, you know, uh, maybe it's a good time to go get a hot dog or something uh, other than go on this frightening thing. But then they both might enjoy it just as much. So it's, it's the anticipation. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the fear and the worry. Uh, Mm. But how we react to stress is the problem. And it can, it can cause just about every disease there is, including ultimately heart disease and cancer, if it goes unchecked. So, so we're, we, we exist as a nonprofit institute with a lot of free programs, including two free magazines, of course, free podcasts as well, to help people understand what stress is. We have some things like uh, stress assessments, um, stress mastery questionnaire is one of them that is, uh, I think, 92, maybe 94 questions, online uh, questions that that, uh, help people determine what causes them stress? And, and people are often surprised. I was surprised when I took that. Actually, I thought I was pretty good at stress, but it turned out I have a big stressor and I had to think about it. And I said, yep, that's a stressor. But I always thought it was a just a good thing, which is uh, perfectionism. So I edit a lot of publications. I write a lot. Uh, like I said, we have two magazines right now. I am not the editor, but I'm the editor in chief. So mm-hmm. I... Uh, I want things to be right, to be perfect, and that's a stressor, but that's not most people's stressors. So have you ever encountered someone who was never stressed? Not really. They're, they're, uh, your body will react. It has to react. I mean, um, another classic example, you're standing on a train track having a conversation with somebody. A train's coming up behind you. You hear it. You're not going to stand around and think about it. You're going to immediately have a lot of physiological changes, and you're going to get off of those tracks. And, and that's our programming, to, to, to get away from it or, or to confront it. And, and so this is, this is normal. Where, where it becomes abnormal is when it's left uncontrolled for a long time, and it keeps it keeps occurring, and and that's that that's chronic stress, and and we need to learn how to unplug. I say to charge your phone, you have to plug it in, but to charge your brain, you have to unplug it. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. So when you look at people of color versus those that are white, um, and, and we can go down a whole list of that, do you see differences in how stress is being held inside or being dealt with when it comes to people of color? Well, certainly there's cultural differences, but the physiology is the same. It's exactly the same. We're, we're all, I mean, I don't really care about skin color inside. It, it, it's the same. You've got the same organs. You've got the same programming. Uh, so, so there are cultural differences uh, of how we develop re, re, uh, resilience to the stress mm-hmm. and, and how people accept that in us. So, for example, uh, maybe in some cultures accept, let me use uh, uh, Hindi, Hindi, uh, okay. in, mm-hmm. East Indians, for example. Yes, sir. Stress, controlling stress is part of their lives. Meditating, yoga, yoga is fantastic for stress. And so, so what, what is culturally normal for African Americans to deal with their stress? I, I don't know that there's anything that typical, like like Hindus, or nor nor for you know uh, Caucasians in America either. Mm-hmm. Um, so so really, we're all the same inside. It's it's the stressors, and it- you know. People always think that stress is worse, worse right now. I'll tell you this. I had, a, I had this wonderful letter from three 10th graders uh, asking questions, and, and one of them was, is stress worse today than it, than it was in generations past? And I had to think about that. And my mother was 16. She was a... a, a, a born and raised in Paris, and she was 16 when Hitler invaded Paris, mm-hmm. and her family was killed, and uh, she, she uh, eventually went into hiding, survived the war, actually met my father, uh, who was an American uh, aviator, uh, army aviator, and so uh, liberating Paris. So, so um and my father had a pretty stressful war, 99 stitches in his in his head, and, mm. uh, quite a bit of shrapnel and other problems. But anyway, so so you know, was that stressful? Then I'm thinking when I was, I, I my I have two daughters, and boy, their teen years were stressful for me. But <laughs> I, I was can thinking imagine. That, <laughs> but I was thinking the biggest stressor I had when I was a teen was the draft. I did not want to go fight the Vietnam War. And I have I, I was the first year of the lottery. I won that lottery. Otherwise I was thinking uh, Canada might be a good place to live. So I mean we there's always big, big stressors and you know the it does seem like our culture is falling apart right now and that that is something outside of my area of expertise, although I have plenty of opinions about it personally, but I'll, <laughs> I'll refrain. Uh, you know, we all do, right? But, but you know, staying within my area of expertise, I'm just saying that, you know, it's how we react to it. it it's, it's what we can do, and we have to have stress. 
stress. We do. When you you can take, we do, because stress is the spice of life. Without it, we would be very, very, very bored. I mean, <laughs> people don't think of this, but stress is good. Uh, you know, you've been in. I'll bet you've been in love. Uh, you, the way you sing, you've been in love. And yes. when you're in love, sometimes you get butterflies in your stomach. And that's stress, mm-hmm. but it's you stress, you sporic stress. It's good stress. When people think about stress, they're talking about distress. If you have a baby, that that's a big you stressor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, just, I mean, you get a promotion at work. Uh, that that That's also, it's good stress, but it's stress. Your body will react to it. And too much of that could kill you, too, actually, even though you want it. Uh, So can we manage stress? Can we individually manage our stress? Absolutely. You can. And and in my opinion, you have to do both uh, mindful exercises, focus, um, meditation, if you will, and also some physiological exercise and the simplest is breathing and and there are some really good breathing exercises that work quickly and very effectively to counter the stress response Mm. we can discuss one i I can go over one if you'd like they're free (laughs) and you have them you know people carry them around all the time because you're breathing anyway you might as well do a therapeutic breath so it's very easy to learn how to do these things and, and, and they're free and they're readily available. We have a magazine right. called Contentment that is free that uh, people can subscribe to that, that has content about this that you won't find anywhere else uh, at stress.org. Okay, stress.org. Um, you know, here's yeah. the thing. I am always surprised at people like myself. I have high blood pressure, and I finally put, got it under control with medicine, with meditating, with all of that, right? Um, yet we are still hearing about post-traumatic stress. Can you tell us what exactly that is and how evident is it right now in today's world? It's a lot more prevalent than... I even believed, and I, I, I worked with the military for quite a few years as a Navy contractor, but also worked with the Army. And uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, or some people are trying to drop the disorder from that and just call it post-traumatic stress, but it is a disorder. So this is the exception. I say stress is a physiological, it's a normal reaction of the body to demands placed on it. But, but post-traumatic stress disorder is, is, is a disorder. It's a mental health disorder because it's, it's, it's taken us too far. And what I've come to believe recently is that it's so much more prevalent. People had childhood traumas, like everyone, had childhood traumas, you know, really. I mean, because growing up is hard and you have to learn about the world and that doesn't always go easier linearly and people are impatient to, to understand the whole thing. And, and, and so it, 
no, what, what, what might seem normal to an adult can be very stressful for, for a child. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, a friend of mine had, had, to, had a business and he had a fire an employee. And um, the employee was very good with his kids who sometimes went, went to work. And it was, they were small, maybe five. And, mm-hmm. um, and so the, the, the guy said, I'm sorry, you know, I had a, the kid said, you know, where, where is so-and-so? And, and the father said, oh, I'm sorry, I had to fire him. He, he, he did some things. So, so the kid kind of freaked out and um, went over to a typewriter. They actually had a typewriter and, and typed out a message that you will never fire someone again and, and then uh, put, uh, taped it to the wall. And it took a while, but the guy found out that the the child thought he took him out back and set him on fire. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine how traumatic that would be for a child to think their father would do such a thing? Mm-hmm. And and that could screw up someone for life, you know. And I would call that post traumatic stress. I mean, we we talk uh, obviously about the military. Um, have, you know, they, 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 there's a lot of post-traumatic stress. I've, I've actually been on a military TV station saying that everyone has it uh, in, in the military. It's, it's not normal not to be reactive to things that nobody should have to see. Well, I have one final question for you, sir, and I know we don't have much time to answer it, but I'm wondering, have you ever encountered a person who never, ever experienced stress? Uh, well, you know, superficially, yes, and th- that that th- th- those people have severe mental health disorders, like sociopathic, uh, borderline personality disorder, who just believe anything they say, and and so so not within the normal realm, not within normal limits of 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 of, uh, of human uh, variance. I. I only, only, only diseases, mental health diseases, severe diseases, you know, schizophrenic or someone right. who, who might have, uh, you know, no concern about other people. And, and that's, that's very bad. You should have stress, but you should embrace your stress and you should learn how to do something about it. And let us help. Mm-hmm. Dr. Daniel Kirsch, thank you so much for joining us. He's the president of the American Institute of Stress. Uh, if people want more information, is there a website they can go to? Yes, very simple, stress.org. Stress.org, you did mention that. Thank you so much for joining us yes. tonight. I appreciate it. You're Good welcome. Night. It's my pleasure. <laughs> Good night. You. Wow. All right, you, uh, you all, we're going to take a break. Um, I, I must say I learned a whole lot from that, a whole lot from that. I never thought some of the answers that I received tonight uh, were the the answers I would get, and uh, you just never know. So now I'm going to look up tonight before I go to bed. I'm going to learn as much as I can about stress because every one of us at some point in time, I believe, has to deal with stress. All right, everyone, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back, everyone. It is now 838 here at WCCO. The other voice you hear from time to time is my producer, Jonathan Lowe. It's always a pleasure hearing his voice. Well, my next guest is Paul Dearlove. Who is he? He's the Deputy Director of Clean Lakes Alliance. Well, what is Clean Lakes Alliance? Well, in a recent survey, Minnesota's Deer Lake landed on the, f- the list of the top 10 cleanest lakes in the country. Can you believe that? But what constitutes a clean lake? That's the big question, right? And are we seeing less of them over time? So we reached out to the Clean Lakes Alliance, an organization dedicated to improving the water quality of southern Wisconsin's Yahara River watershed. Deputy Director Paul Dearlove joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline for a conversation. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Glad to be here. Oh, so glad to have you tonight. You know, a lot of people are sitting here right now thinking, what? What is this again? And and is this an important job to have? Yes, it is. Can you tell us all about um, clean, having the cleanest lake in the country? That's quite remarkable for Wisconsin, for anyone. Well, I, it's my understanding that Deer Lake is uh, in Minnesota, correct? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes, you are correct. <laughs> Yeah, I did well, say well, that earlier. I apologize. To the state of state of Minnesota for for uh, uh, having that national recognition for, right. for Deer Lake. How difficult is it to have that uh, recognition for any state? Well, it's it's interesting because it, it, you know it, it, it's all on how you define clean uh, when you're when you're talking about lakes. So uh, I work for an organization called the Clean Lakes Alliance. We're based in Madison, Wisconsin, so your, your neighbor um, uh, to the east. Um, but, and, and we're really focused on a, a chain of lakes that we have in the greater Madison area. And when we think of clean, we're really thinking about an absence of pollution. Mm. So, you know, when you, when a lot of times you'll have situations where uh, people will confuse water clarity with cleanliness and, and, and clear water can be a really good indicator for, for uh, whether a water body is clean or not, but it's, it can be also a, a deceiving indicator. Um, you can have really clear water, but it might not necessarily be clean. 
And the opposite is true. You can have water that uh, may be stained brown, for instance. Uh, um, Sometimes like uh, uh, water can get a stained appearance because of just natural tannins in, in the water. And, somewhat, and people might think that that's an, uh, uh, an unclean water body, when actually it can be quite clean and safe to use. Mm. So tell me, what exactly do you do? How do you make this happen uh, as a deputy director? What, what things do you have to, to really notice or, or go into to find these really important moments in a lake? I mean, I find it quite remarkable as I was reading about it. Well, one thing we do is we, um, we we really try to thoroughly understand the water body or water bodies that we're working with. So all lakes are different. Um, some lakes, depending on where they're located, uh, um, uh, you know, there, some, some lakes can be located in an area that has naturally fertile soils and, mm-hmm. and geology associated with those lakes. And then those lakes will usually be greener in appearance because they they produce more algae and plants and so forth. Uh, Whereas other lakes can be in sort of nutrient poor areas and those lakes will be clear uh, when you look at them. Um, Now, that's not to say that one one lake is cleaner than the other. They're just different. Um, They're responding differently depending on uh, where they're located and where their water sources are coming from. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in your bio, it talks about how you are to empower citizen participation by creating opportunities for people to become more informed and involved as donors, advocates, and volunteers. How is that going? Because what has been accomplished here, we all want to learn more about it. Why is it that more lakes are not deemed um, clean or not not deemed um, as being some of the best? Even though we have this in Minnesota, we also know there are so many of us that don't know enough to really determine or try to call you and talk to you about it. So if you were to get a call uh, from Minnesota or any other place and they say, we think we have a clean lake and we want you to come see it, is that what you do? Uh, To some some degree. So, yeah, you're right that we we try to get everybody involved in the solutions to to water quality health. Uh, And what we like to make sure people are aware of is that uh, lakes, uh, rivers, streams, you know, they, they're, they're reflections of their watershed. And when I, when I say watershed, I'm talking about the, the land area that drains surface water to that particular water body. So what we do on the land has a direct impact in relationship to what the quality of the water is like in these water bodies, because th- these lakes are, are at the lowest elevation point on the land. So they really act as these sort of like regional collection basins. They're receiving everything that might wash off the land and and run downhill and get into the lakes. So what we do is we try to encourage what's called uh, watershed stewardship. And that is just a simple way of saying that, you know, people are uh, aware of the impacts that they have in their own decision making and behaviors on their own own property. Um, so how they live, work, and play on the land is really important. Um, and what we try to try to do is encourage um, this sort of like building of soil health in, in, in the watershed. And when I say that, I mean the healthier the soil, then the, the, the healthier the lakes. If soil is, in, is, is uh, kept in place, it doesn't erode, it doesn't wash away, and it's healthy, it has, um, it's, you know, soil is a living organism, 
um, just like a lake. It's, it's, it's a living organism. It has microbes in there. Um, a healthy soil does. And it recycles nutrients. Um, it infiltrates water. So we want our soils to be these sort of like porous, absorbent uh, media that can accept rainfall, filter that rain, and clean it um, so it becomes clean groundwater or it doesn't like move the soil into the nearest water body. It's really quite remarkable um, and very interesting. I want to learn even more about this, Paul. Uh, I do know that, uh, or I wonder, if you find these clean lakes and then all of a sudden the next year it's not clean anymore, what do you do? Well, part of it is this, is communication. We, we, we need to make sure that there's also a, an awareness that, that water quality is, is always changing. And we want to want to make sure is that people aren't um, necessarily distracted by by what happens from day to day or season to season or even like in a, over a short time period year to year. Um, mm-hmm. You want to look at at, at uh, trends over time. So when we look at the cleanliness of our local lakes here, we look at mo- measures other than like clarity is an important one, but we look at other metrics as well. And we look at those, how they're changing over time and see if we can see any long-term trends or patterns in those, in those changes. How many people does it take to determine if it's clean or not? Is it just you? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a really kind of a, a complicated and multi-layered picture because, you know, it, it, it depends on how, what, what you're looking at. Um, so, for us, we rely on, on uh, we're a small nonprofit. You know, we have a, a, a team of, of several individuals. Um, we heavily rely on one or volunteer network of lake monitors. Um, so we have volunteers that we train and go out and, and take, take samples and make observations. And then also we rely on our partners. So whether it be uh, like a Department of Natural Resources or a local county land and water resources department, um, maybe the uh, U.S. Geological Survey. Uh, some of these partners collect data, some of them analyze data, and others implement projects to improve water quality. So we work with all these volunteers and these partners to uh, uh, paint that picture, uh, collect the necessary information to do the analysis to, to paint that picture of, of health uh, for our lakes. And to have a healthy lake is really important. I, I'm curious to know um, how how many times do you have to continue to work with the lakes, you know, to go in, to check them, to make sure that they are staying consistently clean, or is that impossible? No, it's, it's, it's a good question. You always have to start somewhere. So, uh, you know, before Clean Lakes Alliance got involved, we had very uh, limited um, monitoring that was occurring on our lakes. Um, there were, even though like where we're located, you know, Lake, Lake Mendota is part of our chain and that's arguably one of the most studied lakes in the world. Cause we have the university of Wisconsin there and center for limnology. That's the study of lakes, um, very well researched lake, but there wasn't a lot of like just sort of regular monitoring. And there wasn't a lot of monitoring that then produced information that was immediately available to the public. So uh, one of the things we did when we uh, were founded was we, we started a process that pulled this, uh, collected this information and then served it up to the public uh, that, where they can get it, that information on beach conditions and clarity conditions and how the water is um, 
you know, throughout the throughout the summer season through through mm-hmm. basically a, a, an app that has interactive maps and you can kind of find where you're located or what beach you're looking to go to and you can find out what the latest conditions are. Yeah, because, you know, I remember some of the lakes um, many, many years ago, You they used to talk about it on the news and television about, okay, we have too many boats on the lake. You know, it's destroying things, and we, we need people to not, you know, use their boats as often. Uh, do you remember those days in certain parts of Minnesota and Wisconsin or wherever you are? Yeah, and that's a, it's a great point, uh, an issue that you raise. You know, I was talking earlier about um, – lakes being mirrors of their of their watershed and what's happening on the land but a lot of um uh cleanliness uh impacts um health impacts are associated with the recreational use of 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 the lakes um so boat traffic can have a real significant effect on on both clarity and overall health of of a water body in particular uh shallow lakes um, if you have, if you can imagine uh, a, a, a lake that's very crowded and has lots of high-powered speedboats racing and uh, across the lake in very shallow water, you know what's happening under that surface is very destructive. Um, you have a, a very turbulent prop wash from those those motors that's stirring up the lake bottom, and that can cloud up the lakes and resuspend sediment and and uh, cause, again, cleanliness issues. It really is remarkable what you do. How many of you are there? Well, there, there are um, lots of great groups that do this type of work. So, um, you know, we, we're an, a, a regional, regionally-based nonprofit uh, focused on the lakes um, that are in the greater Madison area. Uh, but there are, like, you know, different... Um, uh, like uh, governmental groups, um, whether it's a county land conservation department or a inland lake protection and rehabilitation district like we have here in Wisconsin, um, uh, or whether it's like, you know, a volunteer group, like we have friends groups that are maybe maybe more neighborhood based and they're focused maybe just on, on one lake versus a chain of lakes like uh, Clean Lakes Alliance is focused on. So there are, there are a number of, of great groups, um, nonprofits, government, um, and, and wonderful uh, private for-profit uh, for partners that, that we bring in that, that uh, help us in different ways. Well, I, I think it's amazing what you do, and I'm curious to know if young people are involved as well. Um, there used to be a time we would hear about young people going into some of the lakes or uh, at least some of the pools where they can um, – um, find frogs and that sort of thing and take them out of the lakes. And I'm curious to know if you are finding young people to really stand by you and make sure that they know how important it is to have a clean lake. Yeah, it's it's a great question. And we're we're actually in the middle of strategic planning, actually in the tail end for, for our organization. And we recognize the importance of, of youth. And, and, you know, when you get kids excited and interested and curious and exploring uh, nature and the environment and, and water quality, then uh, they become your, your best advocates later on. And they also help convince their parents um, of doing things like putting in rain gardens or planting native plants, um, you know, and just being good stewards. So, uh, you know, we've had different ways that we engage kids in the past. Um, sometimes we've 
in the past, we've put on uh, uh, summer immersion camps with with certain partners uh, to get uh, kids connected with the with the water, and and doing a little education around around that experience, like just getting them on paddle boats, for instance, is a great way to just start sort of spurring that, uh, sparking that curiosity, and then the questions sort of drive the education. Right. So yeah, it's Paul, a good dear point love. To raise. I'm so excited that I had to speak to you tonight. I'm going to be sharing this with some of my friends. I found it fascinating. And I do hope that you can join us again. I understand that the website, if people want more information, just go to cleanlakesalliance.org. Correct? That's correct. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Paul. You take care. And thank you for what you're doing. You're welcome. All right, everyone. We're going to take a break and we'll be back. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. My goodness, I'm so excited that uh, we had some really good conversations in the 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock hour. Of course, coming up is Center Stage, all things arts and entertainment. We just believe you ought to know about it. And we're going to start out with Ezra Atwalo, the former Minnesota Viking, and he is promoting a brand new thing called Hate is Wrong. I'm so excited to have him on. Stay tuned. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.